Two peas, Two and, peas a and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Two peas, Two and, peas a bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong. y'all two peas in a bong in the building it's your boy dp and your boy bong shorthanded yeah uh kp is not with us today so it's just your boy dp and bong man in the ship um a few things on our plate to talk about today man you know this past wednesday january 20th was inauguration day i don't know if you folks out there took the time to check it out sit through the whole thing or if you uh pulled a bill clinton and uh, fell asleep. Oh, yeah. sleep well. <laughs> you know, it, to me, it was like Biden said the things that he had to say. And I'll just I'll, I'll say this and then just let me know what you think. It's you know how when you walk into some shit, you come behind some shit that somebody done fucked up so bad that it's almost like you can't do anything wrong. You can't do anything worse. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like I'm not going to say it's served up on a platter for Biden. But it's like the stance that he's taking, like, you know, unifying and, there, you know, there's no discord. The the uh, themes of his uh, what looks to be the themes of his uh, presidency is just everything opposite of what Trump was doing. And that is kind of given. I don't know. I mean, it, it's easy for people to say, all right, he's more likable. Well, not everybody, because we know. We've talked about 70 plus million people who like Trump. You know what I'm saying? But those folks who are tired of like the tension, I'll say that that was one of the things a lot of people were saying, like there wasn't as much tension and fire starting, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100 percent, man. You know, short of telling everybody in America to kiss his ass. Like, I mean, he could have said anything up there and it would have sounded better than what, you know, the the, the former president was saying and then he he had he already had the blueprint he had obama's blueprint he sounded like a older whiter obama you know right because obama when he first came into office his first term uh he it was it was a real you know it was a real heated election he had inherited you know we, we were coming out of a or we were in a recession uh i remember this was this was uh this was oh wait and you know he came out and he said everything biden said he said it like mm. yo i don't care if you voted for me or you didn't vote for me hey man i'm here to preside over everybody and you know we're gonna get through this together you know i'm all about you like he said all the he said all the right things sleepy joe man he's um <laughs> he looked kind of you know i, I he looked kind of old from time to time but time to time <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know from 12 a.m. to 12 to, to 12 a.m. Hey, that nigga look like he need to go suck some blood or something so he can <laughs> get some life back. <laughs> uh, he like Joe. a vampire that just popped out the casket from 20 years of sleep or something. He he live some life. So <laughs> I'm 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 thinking, you know, can he last? Can he last the term? Which I think people have the same questions about Donald Trump. He made it four years. And um, I think, you know, I think Joe will make it. We'll see what he's really about. But again, he came in. He came into so much shit that all he has to do is just be halfway, just a halfway decent person. And, you know, he'll make it out on the other side. Uh, will he will he be able to uh, will he be able to get two terms? I don't know. But he's up there, you know, I mean, not to not to put anything on him like that. I hope he lives a long, healthy life, a longer, healthier life. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, you hear the chatter about possibly having the first black uh, female president, or yeah. female president, period. 
And you know, um, America ain't ready for that. No, not, not at all. Not so, at all. The powers that be, they're they going to do their part to make sure Sleepy Joe keep his eyes open. <laughs> Joe did what he had to do. Uh, Kamala went up there and did what she had to do in regards to just, you know, looking the part. All right. My big thing was Donald Trump would have got away with doing everything that he did while he was in office. Everything that he did while he was in office, he would have been able to get away with had he just been more presidential. But the fact that he ch- refused to be presidential, he chose to be, excuse me, he chose to be like a dirtbag just mm-hmm. on multiple levels. It made it easy for people to hate him. I don't give a fuck what you did that was good. What came out of your mouth, what you wrote on Twitter, you know, what you went on social media and said, it painted the picture of somebody that wasn't like that just didn't have a didn't have a, 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 a sense of what the room was. Right. If you're in a room with black people, they probably don't want to hear you talking about white supremacists. You know, they probably don't right. want to hear you um, disregarding, you know, the support that you show for people that were, are considered uh, white nationalists or white supremacists, so on and so forth. So, you know, again, Joe Biden already has, you know, a foot up because or a leg up because he's not Trump. Anybody right. could have came in right, as right. long as as long as you didn't support Trump. You got a leg up because, you know, you denounced the bullshit that he was on. So, you know, what can he do outside of, you know, and he walked right into a, the coronavirus, unemployment, uh, just a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that just you talk about white supremacists and all that stuff and you just brought up Corona. It's all laid out. You know what I'm saying? He he already knows that motherfuckers are ailing that the nation is ailing from COVID. So that has to be one of his uh, points that he stresses, right? He has to address that. He has to address the injustices that have gone on, you know, in the wake of all of these police brutality incidents and these killings by the police and all this stuff. He had to address that. That had to be a part of his situation. Just like you said a minute ago, he he had to address the extremists, including white supremacists. He had to address those folks too. Like it's, not hard to figure out what you need to what you need to address right it's like i walk into the doctor and i my head is busted open and i'm bleeding you know what the fuck you need to do you got to stitch that shit up right Right. that's the immediate need right there is this open hole in my head that's bleeding out right so the thing is what are you going to do once you get over this wave that you ride in the initial onset of bam I'm doing everything that Trump didn't do. When you hit a roadblock or you hit some adversity, then it's like, okay, Biden, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a true statement. Uh and uh welcome back to the third part. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey man, it's good to be back. KP just walked in the building, y'all. So you know, we we're in full force right now. Look at Kev bullied his way back into the building, man. Security, let's get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, security man trying to hem me up, man. Shout out to security, man. They doing their job, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome back, Kevin. Yeah, man, we were talking about Biden, man. Uh, we were talking about Inauguration Day, just going over a few things. Uh, we've talked a little bit. Um, just let us know your thoughts, man, just I, off top. I think the picture that it paints for Black America is a great one, for li- especially for little girls. Because it shows, you know, with Obama, it set the stage for young black men. I can grow up. I can be the president of the United States. Well, in the in in the, you know, in the instance of Kamala Harris, it's giving young black girls another image to look at and something to aspire to. Hey, I, too, can be in politics. I can be the vice president. And you know what? I don't have to stop at being the vice president. I can be the president of the United States. So. I love the image that it presents to the, 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 the children and the next generation of black America. I mean, when we were young, what politician were we looking up to? Jesse Jackson, Alan Keyes. You, you know, in 96, when Alan Keyes was running for office, this nigga was handcuffed. I don't know if y'all remember that story. It was uh, <laughs> Miss Moultrie made a big deal out of it. And that's the, that's, the only rem- that's the only reason I remember is because I had to fact check it and look at it. Because Miss Lucky Moultrie 
bought that to the class and she was pissed <laughs> off and disgusted. Wow. Hey, shout out to Ms. Melton. She was one of my favorite teachers, but I was probably in the in the hallway playing shooting dice or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Ms. Moultrie, Ms. Moultrie helped me with the organizational side of the game, man. Like taking notes and shit like that. She had us reading a bunch of books in there, too. I remember Ms. Moultrie came out the hallway trying to break you up from having a fight. <laughs> Ninth grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that shit. <laughs> Hey, Ben, uh, y'all remember who y'all, uh, Romeo and Juliet partner was in, uh, Miss Moji's class? I think mine was Veronica. Yeah. Yours was Veronica? Veronica, yeah. Okay. I can't remember. What's soft through the- I had, uh, Sylvia. When y'all break, it is the east and Juliet is the sun. <laughs> Arise, fair sun, and kill, kill the, the envious, envious moon. moon, who is sick and pale with grief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Moji. When Ubon was sleeping. These niggas going down memory lane, <laughs> man. I was probably in the hallway. Doing something nefarious, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Kev. Funny thing, when you came in, you uh, you started you started talking about it from that angle, from a different angle, and uh, it's actually, um, I think it was a win. It was a win for Black women around the board on inauguration day. So you got Kamala Harris, uh, first female vice president, first Black vice president. I think she was. She's also like Southeast Asian. Indian, yeah, she's Indian. Yeah, that's Southeast Asian. So, uh, you know, so that's a win. And then you had the the um the poet Amanda Amanda Gorman. She stole the show. Young black chick, real mm-hmm. vibrant, brown brown skinned girl. I was talking to my wife about her, and I was like, man, I have to I have to wonder if they knew what they were doing to pick her out to be the the person. You know, like real like undeniably oh, yeah, they, they, black of course they did right hey man we talking about politics <laughs> yeah strong chocolate yeah. brown skin uh got the braids you know just naturally a, a real black woman and man this chick was like i you know I, I i listened to the speech that shit was great but then she did a, she did a her interview run afterwards she hopped on a bunch of shows and she was doing interviews she wasn't um she wasn't like afraid of the of the of the moment and she wasn't like she wasn't like starstruck, you know, like being in the moment, like she was real confident in herself. And man, like she was like she could light up a room, you know what I'm saying? Like and I think like that was a that was a win. That was a win for the Biden and Kamala team and um, just in general for, for black for black women everywhere. And then on top of that, you got uh, Michelle Obama, who from a fashion sense, she stole the show like, you know, Michelle came in. Hair bopping the whole nine. George you know, Bush trying to run up behind that ass and find her every time they in the <laughs> same building. Tell <laughs> me, right. once can't get fooled again. Hey, just for so just in general, I think black women stole the show um, for inauguration day. You know, like it was a it was it was a good day to be a black woman. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. All right, man. Uh, well, let me just say one more thing about this chick, uh, Amanda Gorman. I don't know. You know, I think she was a. a I think I don't know if she went to they said she went to either Harvard or Yale, but she's an Ivy Leaguer. And um man, she's going straight to the moon. Like superstar. Like I don't know what comes or how it's gonna come, but she's a fucking mm. superstar. Like guaranteed you're gonna see her all over the place for the next five to ten years. Yeah, yeah. And I mean it's as we've been speaking and saying that black folks are back in the White House, like we back in there. I mean, we all know this is politics you know what i'm saying so everything is not going to be laid out for us it's not going to be a perfect situation has any presidential candidate or president who became or or candidate who became the president really done everything that we needed to get done no but again you still you keep pushing right and you find the positives in in everything that's going on and you push those to the forefront and you move for change regardless of who the president is. But in, in this case, you know, is we're no longer dealing with, with your boy Trump, you know, so we'll see what Biden has for, has in store, man. We'll see what his camp can do. But again, it could be a situation where it's Obama again. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure he'll consult Obama. I mean, he was his vice president, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and as Uban, you said earlier, he's doing a lot of, or at least saying a lot of the things that Obama said. So, I wouldn't doubt him just basically taking his whole 
strategies and plans and and smacking Biden care and shit on it, you know, like that. Like he's the he's the name of whatever Obama had right. going on. So yeah, nah, for sure. <laughs> Kevin, you laughing? <laughs> yeah, the Biden care. Man, get you some of this Biden care because Biden cares. <laughs> it's for the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know if Biden's gonna make it all four years in office, man. Hey, I mean, hey, we said we said that. Before you got in, before you got here, we said that, man. So <laughs> we spoke on that. We spoke on that. But hey, listen, I, I was I was telling, I was also saying, I believe I was saying they're gonna do everything in their power to keep old sleepy Joe awake because you know, if he goes down, then they'd have a black, they'd have a, a female, a female black president, and you know the United States is not ready for that. You know, yeah. maybe in a 30, 30, 20 or 30, 21. But in 2021, man, I don't think the United States is ready for a female black president. That's just not at all. I don't see that happening. They used to call me Sleepy Joe. Now they can call me Batman. Oh, he's Batman. Creepy. <laughs> creepy. Creepy Joe. Uh, that nigga's creepy. Oh, man. <laughs> you ain't ever seen the video with him, like with the children? No. Oh wait, you you talking about that video that was supposedly like implicating all these different stars and other politicians and stuff like that. Mm-mm, I'm talking about with him. Oh, this is strictly a Biden. Yes, pressure. it was just like different clips of him kissing little kids and then moving away and him touching them and smiling and they're looking shook. Like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not feeling this. But uh, yeah. What would be interesting, man, is if uh, Kamala did become the president of the United States, how it would go down in her house? Like, <laughs> her husband's like, I'm the head of this house. And she's like, oh, nigga, I'm the head Man, of that's this already house. happening. <laughs> that's probably already happening. Anyhow, you know, I, not to speak on their relationship, but I don't even know how, how real that relationship is. A lot of political marriages, you know, they're like for show on the outside, but you know, in the background, he might be doing his thing and she's doing her thing. You know, it's just it's, it's rare that you see a it's rare that you see a marriage like a president, you know, with the president, the first lady or any kind of situation like that where it's really seems genuine. I think uh, Obama was one of the few that came off as a genuine marriage. Like, hey, man, these two people care about each other. But, you know, it's it's so. You know, they want you to look a certain way, act a certain way. You know, you have to stand here. You stand here, hold hands this way. You got strategists telling you how to do this and do that. I don't even know how much of that shit is real and how much of it is scripted. Like, you know, her gazing off into the into the stars with with her husband on inauguration night. And I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. This chick got a Jamaican daddy, went to Howard is an AKA and ended up with a Jewish guy. Come on, man. That shit don't that shit sound like. Come on, man. What's funny, man, is you didn't even use the word in love. You said Obama and his wife care about each other. <laughs> so you ain't even saying the politicians are. In love. No, 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 no. Like it's it's all it's all for you know it's all staged. You know, like he could be on the down low doing his shit, but he just hey man, when we step out, you know, you show up, show up, smile, look good for the cameras. We'll tell you where to stand, how to pose, what to do, what to say. You know, all that shit is, is it just it doesn't. It doesn't add up for me. Like for me, I'm a black dude, right? I came from, I, uh, I grew up in South Central. I went to a HBCU. Like everything about me says, like this dude is going, you know, like this dude is a certain way. Now, if I end up with like some Amish chick, it's like, come on, man, come on. Like it, it, it doesn't make sense. Like how did, how did you go all the way from being in in right field and then all of a sudden at, at like twenty nine thirty? You're like, hey man, you know what? I like a, I like what's over here a little bit better. Hey man, ask half of the National Football League, half of the NBA. <laughs> Shit, all in my well, money. Why. Money why with them? Money. This is not. It is, but but again, um, and not even to to go down that alley, but you know, with these with these NFL guys, they have they have you know chicks that they mess with that you know these black. You know, black chicks are a certain way, certain attitudes, certain so on and so forth. I think white chicks are better at playing the long game with these NFL athletes, with these NBA athletes. Right. Like I'll take a lot of the BS that you're going to put on me. I'm going to take a lot of the, the stuff that you're going to put on me early to get to you down the line. Now, once you've established yourself, now I'm fed up. But you're already a megastar. You've already made 
a lot of money. And now that alimony, that child support is going to be 10 times what it would have been, you know, had I mouthed off like 10 years ago. So, you know, I think that's a part of the reason. Like, I think white chicks are just willing to put up with more from athletes than the, the average black chick will. And, you know, it, it shows. Right. Uh, but again, that's not that's neither here nor there. We're not even yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say, man, I I can't even. I still I can't see myself with nothing but a black woman. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. You know. But as we always say, to each his own. Yeah. Um, each his own. I couldn't see myself with a black woman back in the day. I could see myself with a couple of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> something else, man. This nigga right here. <laughs> oh man, a menage four. Oh yeah, man. Nah, I, I was, I was on a whole polygamy kick, man. man. Speak on it, shit. We hear that. Uh, multiple wives, man. Sister wives. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that it's demonized, and I don't necessarily think it's bad. I mean, at this stage of my life, it's not something I would do. But younger me, yeah, I would have did it. I, I think that men should be honest up front. It's not enough honesty. Um. You know, men are like, I'm 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 faithful, I'm faithful, I'm faithful. And niggas is creeping and cheating. But I think that if they were honest about it, I think it would be a little less creeping and cheating. Um <laughs> I don't and, know if it would I mean, be less, but I, I think it would be. And honestly, I mean I mean, it's going on anyway. Women are sharing men and sleeping with the same man anyway. So they might as well do it the right way and build a community hey, together. Man, listen. Hey, listen, lady, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, yeah. man, the ladies out here, the ladies out here doing it too. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not just the, it's not just the fellas, man. The ladies out here on the, on the grind with the player shit too. So it's. And, 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 and I, I, you know, and I always reference to that. I, I, I say, you know, what do you call a lock? What do you call a key that opens up multiple locks? It's called a master key, right? What do you call a lock? That is opened up by multiple keys. That's a cheap ass lock, and you need to get rid of it. So, <laughs> it, it can't go both ways. <laughs> this dude. Oh, shit. Man. There you go. Don't go both ways. It's, about time, it's about time you start loosening up, Paul. <laughs> it's about time, nigga. Hey, so look. Yeah. So, Moving on, I think we didn't talked enough about Biden. Um, almost had me pulling the Bill Clinton over here on that shit. Um, so NBA talk, a little bit of NBA talk, just really brief, um, because it's still early in the season. But one of the major moves we never really got into the talk about this is Harden being traded to the Nets. Um, so we all know that this involved a lot of moving parts. But I want to focus on what um, what Brooklyn ended up. Um, well, not not necessarily what Brooklyn ended up giving up, but what uh, the Rockets ended up getting. So they get Victor Oladipo, they get Rodian's Curich, uh, they get Dante Exum, they get four unprotected first round picks. Brooklyn in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty four, and twenty twenty six, and then Milwaukee in 2022 and they get four unprotected first round swaps in 2021 2023 2025 2027 um you know the Pacers got Karis Levert um you know prayers out to him I know they found a, a mass on his uh, kidney I didn't hear any more details about exactly what that was but hopefully he's healthy enough to come back and play this season um but in addition to getting Karis Levert they also got a 2023 second round pick from Houston. That's the Pacers. Uh, the Cavaliers got Jared Allen and uh, Torian Prince. Um, two two solid players. Um, they should be able to help them out, but I really don't see the Cavs doing much. Kevin Love hasn't played uh, much this season, if at all. Uh, Colin Sexton is on the rise. I, I like his game. Uh, Darius Garland, too. I think they're they're a good combo. Um, but then the Nets get James Harden. Y'all waiting for me to say something else? That's all they get. James Harden. Is that That's enough? It. That's the question. Is James Harden enough to put 
Brooklyn over the hump? Yes, it is enough to put them over the hump in the East. They are the perennial favorites to come out. Um, I don't put too much stock in the regular season in terms of matchups because they've they just lost two to Cleveland, but I think it'll be a landslide in a seven game series in in favor of the Nets. I I do think that there's going to be another piece that ends up there. Look for the Cavs to buy out Andre Drummond because they have too many centers and they have young centers. So they're not they're not going to get rid of their young centers. They're going to keep their young centers. But look for Andre Drummond to get bought out. And when he's bought out, look for him to mysteriously end up in Brooklyn. And with that, he's only 27. Drummond, he's not old. Yeah, but they've got like three they've got like three or four centers. And 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 they need to play their young guys. Like so Jared Allen, Jared Allen's a center that that could start on a team. Mm-hmm. Um and I I can't remember the 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 other center that they have as well, but they they do have another center. So Right now, Drummond is getting the lion's share of the minutes. You know, his stats are are are, are excellent, but they want to get the I, I know that Cleveland is going to want to get that money off the books because they have their younger centers that they're going to invest in in the future, and they're only going to get better. So they need to play them. Um, and, and, and just the way that the game is played now, it makes no sense to have that many centers on your roster. It's a it's a guard game now. It's a perimeter oriented game. Um so, yeah, I do think that it's enough for the Nets to come out of the East. And if they play the Lakers, uh, I'm a Laker fan, but I do not want that matchup. I do not like that matchup. It's not a good matchup. However, man. however, this year, I think Durant is one more year away from being Durant of old. And you know what, man? And he's killing this year. I was going to say, you know he's what? He's killing. And I talk to you about this a lot. I tell you that whenever you have what most folks will, you know, tab as a catastrophic injury. You know, you could point to a couple of cats, Gordon Hayward, Paul George, uh, Kevin Durant. You don't get back in the swing of it until maybe about two years. That second year back, you're more comfortable. And the fact that Durant is out there cooking niggas already, like cooking niggas, shows you that next year, you know, barring any, you know, setbacks, any other injuries or anything like that, it he's going to be tough to deal with. He's going to be tough to deal with. He is – he's the man on that squad. And we'll get to Kyrie. I know they just picked up Harden. They got Kyrie. But Kevin Durant is the man on that squad. Um, so if you if you ever had any arguments about who's the best and who's this and who's that, you have three of probably the top five players in the last what five years on that team or top ten for sure. Who top ten? Okay, top ten. Okay, yeah. yeah. Bring it down. Yeah, let me, five is aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's why I corrected myself. <laughs> let me bring it down to ten. Three of the top ten, arguably. I'll start by saying the trade. Um, you know, we had a we had a the episode about. The, the new age athlete and having to kind of bitch and moan to get out of town after you sign a big contract. But, you know, I won't address that right now. It is what it is. We are where we are, right? Harden in New York, in Brooklyn, uh, he is a great fit offensively for what they're trying to do. But uh, defensively, especially when you add Kyrie, they can be exploited Absolutely. by anybody. Absolutely. Anybody. They, if you think about it, Go back to the first two games. So James Harden came in and Brooklyn won two games. They were both nail biters, right? Then you bring Kyrie back in and they lose two games, also nail biters. So they're going to stay in it offensively, but defensively they just have too many holes. Durant kind of picked up playing defense when he got to Golden State, like, you know, like focusing on playing defense. And Harden has shown that from time to time when he wants to lock in, he can. And he can have stretches where he plays defense. But uh, Kyrie is just too small defensively. I think he's like, what is he, like 6'3"? All right. He's he's just too small. And and James Harden refuses to play defense consistently. So for everything that they are, um, I like them coming out of the East unless the 76ers can continue to, you know, show that they they deserve to be there. And I don't like Milwaukee because – 
their star Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I just don't see the heart. He doesn't have heart. Like he's just a he's just a skilled NBA player that doesn't have the heart that in a close game or, you know, in the clutch when you need your superstar to kind of take over. I've never seen him take over in a big moment in every single playoff game. He gets washed out. Middleton is the one who takes their last minute shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it shouldn't be that way. If you're the man with the max deal, you're the MVP, all that kind of stuff. Like you would expect that you build your skills over the year and get better. Not to say that he's not a great player, but you know, those holes that people keep poking in this game, you're supposed to fill those in during the summertime, man. I know this was a short summer, but you know, come on. Short season. Don't, don't, don't. He wasn't, he wasn't playing in the finals. (laughs) Your little brother, who was a bench rider for the Lakers, he was the one that went down. The, you know, he he went the long run. So I he's not. I don't give a fuck what they do during the regular season. They're gonna have a great regular season. That's yeah, sure. Yeah. But in the playoffs, Toronto, as they're constructed right now, can beat Milwaukee. But I'll say this: it was the it was the number one reason why I was I was shocked that he that he read up with Milwaukee as opposed to hitting the free agent market next year and going to a team where he would still get max dollars. He would still be considered a superstar, but he wouldn't have to carry the burden of being like the best player on the team. Right. You go to a golden state, you have a Steph Curry and maybe a, uh, a Clay Thompson coming off of injury. You have shooters surrounding you, right? You can fall into that lineup and you can be the guy that, you know, gets all the lobs at the basket. You're still going to get your 30 points a night. You're still going to get your 10 to 12 rebounds a night. And you'll still be a defensive, you know, stalwart. But they're not asking you to go out there and shoulder the load. Um, but, again, he took the money. And I think he's going to be in the same position he's in right now come five years from now. You know, he'll he'll be one of those guys that, you know, a Ray, a Ray Allen before he got with, uh, with the big three heat. Um, a... You know, I don't know. Name one of these dudes that end up in the Midwest, never become shit as far as like being a champion. Sean Kemp. <laughs> Sean Kemp. Sean yeah. Kemp yeah, 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 yeah. DP's favorite but, player, Sean Kemp. Yeah. Pr- prime Sean Kemp started on the West. But <laughs> Uban, before you go on, well, we when we started the conversation, it was about Harden, right? And he just right. showed, he just gave Giannis the blueprint of what to do. So get the money, man. Get the money first and then bully your way out of Milwaukee if you want to. The thing is, does he care enough to bully his way out of Milwaukee? You know what I'm saying? Does he care enough to pull a hard and then go somewhere to try to win something? DP, DP, it's not that he doesn't care enough. He has too much class. He has too much class to do that. He's that's not in his DNA. Right. Well, Harden well, no, is a wait, bag. wait, but it's but it does come down to what you care about, though. It does come down to does he care enough to uh, stay there and be loyal or does he care more about winning a championship? You know what I'm saying? Because clearly Harden cared about being cool and, and the city and all of this stuff. And then he's off that shit. Like, you know what? Nah, I'm trying to get out of here and play with my boys and get a chip. He's looking for that, but that, that easy one to solidify the legacy. You know what I'm saying? And still has his bread. That's the blueprint. Everybody, everybody does it. But again, it's truly not if if that's the blueprint, I would I would love to see anybody but James Harden be the guy that you know that came up with the blueprint. He is a uh, not a workout warrior. He doesn't work out like that. He doesn't keep himself in shape. He's not a team guy. Like everything about him is just is f you know is fucked up. Everything about James Harden on, on a personal level and the way that he approaches the game is fucked up. He just knows how to score the basketball. He's a great scorer. But if it was somebody, I'd rather see a Dame Lillard. I'd rather see a um a bradley bill somebody that's uh, somebody that has stayed with a team endured the worst been professional through through it all and they just couldn't get over the hump that team couldn't get them over the hump not to compare not to switch sports or to try and make a comparison between sports but matthew stafford he quietly after he gave everything he had to the team and it didn't work out what did he do a report just just came out yesterday right and it was just a, a, ver- a very subtle report. Hey, Matthew Stafford and the Lions have d- have agreed to part ways. They're going to try and find a trade partner. He went behind the scenes and said, hey, bro, I done gave you all everything I got. It ain't working. And y'all bringing in this dude, this new head coach talking about chewing off kneecaps and all this other stuff. Get me out of here. And they're like, <laughs> OK, Matt, you have done what you have, what we asked you to do. We ha- you have been a franchise player. 
will get you to your destination. He probably ends up in New England, San Francisco. He goes to a team where they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I promise you he's going to end up in a good situation because it's you reward somebody that's been a team player through it all and it didn't work. James Harden, your boy, you ran, you ran your boy Russell West. You asked for Russell Westbrook and you ran him out of town because Russell Westbrook is a consummate professional. And he said, listen, I can't come to fucking uh, to, to the to the video studies or um, to the team meetings. And we're doing you know, we're, we're, we're watching video. And Mike D'Antoni tells me that we can't run the tape until James Harden gets there. What? And James Harden is late again, like he normally is. And when Russell Westbrook asked him to run, the, just run the fucking video, I'm not waiting for him. Mike D'Antoni, the head coach, says, well, when James gets here, we're just going to have to start it all over again. Bruh, that's not a team guy. That's a dude that knows he has the team by the balls and he's going to continue to hold him hostage. I can't respect that. So I don't want him to be the, the poster the poster child for the for this new you know this new look NBA. Nah, I'm saying he is currently he is currently because he's the one who just did it. But we already talked about um Anthony Davis. My, yeah, we already Anthony talked Davis. about Anthony Davis. Davis. You know what I'm saying? So I have to disagree because uh I, I'll say this and and I use the two people that you you referenced to James Harden and Matthew Stafford. James Harden, shit, you are what you're worth. What you you're you're as good as you're worth, right? And what he is worth to the Houston franchise, shit, he can get away with the shit that he does. So showing up late, all that stuff, hey, man, if that dude is a, an assassin on the court, shit, then you're going to have to put up with, with some of his shit. And you may not agree with it, but that's, that's just, that's the perk of being great. The the Matthew Stafford, I Matthew Stafford has been overrated to me since he got to Detroit in 2009. So the fact that he went behind the, 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 the scenes and, and, and Detroit granted him that trade, that's, and they're trying, to re, they're trying to grant him that trade, that's bullshit. That's, that's yeah. another situation of a, a privileged white quarterback. Yeah. It, uh, 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 not, yeah. to, not to cut you off, and I, I want you to continue your point, but if you say that Matthew Stafford has been overrated since he got to Detroit in 08 or 09, the same exact thing can be said about James Harden. James Harden fills up the stat sheet when they really need him in big games. Go look at his game seven stats, career stats, okay? He has been a no-show. That's overrated. You've had the chance to take your t to put your team over the hump. If you go back to their their his one finals run when he was in OKC against Miami in the, in the, in the, in the big three heat, he was the one that shit the bed. KD showed up. Westbrook showed up. James Harden shit the bed, sent they ass home packing, right? There, there were times they were up on Golden State 3-1. Chris Paul gets hurt. They needed James Harden to just bring home one game, bro. They end up losing that series three, to, three games to four. James Harden, you are not a superstar. You are grossly overrated, grossly overrated. If, if Matt Stafford is overrated, James Harden falls right in that same bucket. And he's just not – he's not a white quarterback. He's a black shooting guard. But that motherfucker's overrated. Point blank. Period. Okay. Well, he's arguably one of the hardest people to and defensively is a watch. I'm not even talking about defensively, but he's arguably one of the hardest people to guard in the NBA, according to everybody who's playing in the NBA. So in the regular season, he is the greatest offensive player in the regular offensive player. Because I'm, I'm counting assists. I'm counting his passing ability in the regular the season. Ability. In the regular season, hey, hey, the regular season gets you paid, man. <laughs> Shit, Here, here's here, here's the thing. <laughs> He's paid. Here's here's the thing, hey. man. Here's the thing that y'all y'all you know you can't disagree with. This is this is it, and you know y'all can say whatever you want to after this. But the difference between the two sports is the basketball money is guaranteed. Okay, so it's why would you leave it on the table? It's guaranteed money whether you end up playing at this place that you signed a contract with or not. You're going to get your money. So that's why I'm saying that that Harden is is uh, showing the blueprint to whoever is disgruntled and doesn't want to be where they're at. Because all you have to do is make sure you get your money. And then if you want to go somewhere else later, which Uban, to your point, I understand you saying that that's not in uh Antetokounmpo's uh, character, all good. But for those who are like, fuck this shit, they're going to get their money. So it would be dumb of you to leave that shit on the table. 
I smacked the shit out of. And what I, did you and, say and, last time? A spit in my hand, COVID smack anybody who leaves the money on the motherfucking table when they getting two hundred plus million. I will smack the shit out of you if you do not sign that contract again. Um, I don't think it was in AD's DNA to go to pursue a trade, and you saw it because he let management do it for him. But AD did. was so scared. He let Clutch Sports, he let Rich Paul do all the bullying. He he let Rich Paul do all the heavy lifting. But that's how I know that AD is like a, you know, he's a he's a he's a Robin, not a Batman. At least I'll give it to James Harden. James Harden was like, fuck this. I'm literally going to go to the club. I'm trying to catch COVID. I'm hanging out at the strip club. I'm coming to camp out of shape. Like, I'm not like he he literally bullied his way out of town. And again, that's just me personally. I don't care if you want to be in with the team or you want to take the money and, and secure the bag first and then get your, you know find your way out of town. But I just think that there are, there's a way to get it done. And, you know, I think Harden is just, you know, I think if he really, really approached management and said, listen, it's not working out. I don't care how you put it. It's not going to work out. But didn't do all the theatrics and didn't do all the bullshit on the front end. They would have still traded him like because, you know, you know, if a trade is being done. On the back end, everybody knows what's going on. He's going to say, hey, if you send me to this team, I'm not going to play. If you send me to this team, I'm not going to play. Like, let it be known. But we just don't need to see all the theatrics and all the crazy shit because now we could have got X, Y, and Z for you, but we have to settle for this because you didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't lower the value and you didn't put it, you didn't put everybody on notice that we have no choice but to trade you at this point. So now you left Houston, but then you fucked them on the way out. Like, is that, a, is that like a, even AD, you know, the, the the Hornets got you know nah, I think they kind of got fucked too but you know like nah yeah they yeah they they got a good haul they got a good haul they got a good haul for AD but it's just like come on Harden you could have you could have just been a better professional about it and I think you still would have got traded you still would have ended in one of your desired destination spots but it's just like man you you, you uh, it's just I don't root for somebody like that I want to see you lose now you know what I mean and I think if they come play the Lakers in the finals. If it's if it's Lakers and Nets, Lakers gonna wash the wash the floor with them just because they they they're just too tall and you know I don't think they have they don't have any answers for AD. I don't I wish they would put uh, DeAndre Jordan out there take his chances. The only mismatch, the only true mismatch they have on the floor is KD. Stop. KD is the only unstoppable. Stop. He stop. He's the only unstoppable. Stop. He's the only. Unstoppable. No, you stop. You stop. Listen to me right now. No, you stop. Nope. No. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. They got somebody that's gonna stop Kyrie. They can stop Kyrie offensively. We are we know that their Achilles heel, no pun intended with Durant, that the situation with the with the Brooklyn Nets is they can't play defense. But you telling me that Durant poses the only mismatch? Okay, you you put you put LeBron only you, you put LeBron on who? Which one? Durant or Harden? Harden. Okay, so then Durant's the mismatch for whoever. Who's guarding Kyrie? Who, who's guarding? LeBron can't. Wait, wait, but but who's guarding Kyrie? Um, Don't tell me Caldwell Pope. Don't tell me what's his name, your boy uh, Caruso. Schroeder. Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. What, what I'm telling on. you. Schroeder's another offensive what, guard who doesn't play defense. But what I'm telling you is this. At the end of the day, and this is why I just don't think it's going to work. Just can we agree that their best player is Kevin Durant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Their best player is Kevin Durant. But on top of that, the only player that's willing to make the sacrifice to give up shots is Kevin Durant. Your best player should not have to sacrifice to Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I don't care who, what, how good they are. Kevin Durant needs to be taking 20 to 25 shots a game. But instead, instead, either Kyrie or James Harden is going to be taking the most shots in the, on the team. That's, no, they're not. That's lunacy to me. No, they're not. Have you that's, watched them play? That, that's just Have you right watched now. them play? That, that's just that, I I think that's just right now in the in this the because they're it's still not even right out. now. If you watch them play, it's not even right now. What's happening is Harden is trying to be a point guard. Harden's trying to be a point he guard. He is Kyrie the assassin. Kyrie assassinate. Right. It's like oh oh I can score now. Oh I can score from the wing. Oh, I was going to the top. It should <laughs> come down to those two. It should come down to those two. Ubang, I do agree that uh, Durant is probably the worst mismatch for everybody on the floor in that in that matchup. The second would be AD. No, they don't have anybody to guard AD. But then 
Um, if we're just looking at who the Lakers would match up with on their end, I don't see offensively it's going to be tough, man. It is. So it's going to be a shootout. I, th- you know what? So two things. I won't go AD second. I'll go Harden second only because AD's not going to average 30. He he He's not. It, it's He'll get you 25 consistently, no, no, but he's not no. going to average 30 in this. Week. But Kevin, stop. What? Stop. I've stopped. I have to stop you too. Stop. 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 Listen, you were a coach <laughs> too. You were a basketball coach. You also played. You can have a mismatch. But it is up to you to exploit it. So AD is the second after Durant. And uh, okay, in terms of that, I will agree with you. But I'm saying in a series, he's not going to average more than Harden. So and, and let's remember that when it comes to it. In that series, Harden will average more points than AD in that series because AD AD doesn't want to be the alpha. Hey, it's going to be LeBron. What did I say early? What did I say earlier? That's why AD is a Robin and not a Batman. Right. Again, I respect Harden. Harden bullied his way out. AD went and told uh, Rich Paul, hey, buddy, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's not a good look. You know, um, I don't know. Can you send him an email? Like, bro. Uba was he scratching his neck like Tyrone Biggins? Like, ah, say, man. <laughs> Oban, he didn't even tell he didn't even he didn't even tell Rich Paul first. He told his dad first because you remember his dad came right. out and said something about Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was trying to defer from the Lakers, and then you know I guess AD didn't like the way his dad handled it. He's like, wait a minute, I can't <laughs> tell my dad right. shit. This, this Let me go call Rich, man. He, nah, he, didn't, he didn't even call Rich. He called call LeBron. LeBron, right. LeBron, what should I do, man? He said, don't don't worry, man. I'm gonna have Rich talk to him. Like what? One other thing, Uban about Harden, I wanted to touch on. Oh, as you mentioned man. that he bullied. I right, man. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to go into detail about with Harden in that trade with how he bullied his way out of Houston. Once you think about this, when he was with OKC and he was uh he wasn't a superstar yet, he was most improved. <laughs> he quietly he pulled a Matthew Stafford. He quietly went to management and told them that he wanted to be traded. And then that's when he ended up in Houston on a trade for Kevin Martin and somebody else. <laughs> and and then he blew up, became the megastar, and he's like, wait a minute, now I ain't doing it yet. And, and his alter ego came out. And that's when he handled it the way he's just handled it now. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, again – I'm not I'm not gonna speak too much more on Harden because people are gonna say I'm a hater, but I just never been a fan of I never been a fan of dirt bags, man. Like <laughs> the way you handle shit, you just handle shit the right way. Like I don't care. Like you hey, can want to get out of a situation. Let me ask you something, right? Uban, question for you a- along these lines. Was Eli Manning a dirt bag when he refused to play for the Chargers? It wasn't Eli Manning's decision. His dad was a dirt bag. Like Eli Manning was a college student. His dad pulled the trigger on that. His dad told him, "My son won't play for this team." His dad was being Levar Ball. Eli was a, Eli was a grown ass man. Eli was matter. a grown ass man. He was like twenty two years old, twenty three years old. Matter. And and did you see how I remember how he handled the pitcher when he was in the hat with the damn uniform? Like he was. I mean, think about this. Uh, uh, Archie Manning and Eli were like, he's going to go first in the draft. And San Diego had the first pick, and he said, "I'm he's not playing for San Diego. He's getting drafted first, and he's playing for the New York Giants." But do you know how crazy that is? Huh? How does how does Eli Manning at the age of twenty two understand any of that? It's his father, ex NFL player, been around the sport, understands that Chargers ownership is one of the worst in the league, right? As, like they 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 had a problem signing um which boasted that they have they had a was it uh Joey 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 yeah he had a contract dispute I think when they drafted a uh, a quarterback like you know like they always have disputes with their first round draft picks because they want to structure their their bonuses to where they don't have to pay it all right away it's like they'll like, like and they'll drag it through the mud they'll drag first round draft picks through the mud to where hey they're not getting on the field until you know, maybe like the last week of training camp or like middle of the preseason because ownership is full of shit. 
So his father realized that, understood that, and said, nah, I'm not going to do this to my son. He's not going to play for you guys. That was white privilege, right? He was allowed to do that as a um, as a former NFL player, somebody that's respected within the league, and they acquiesced to him. If that was a black kid, if that was Lamar Jackson with his mom as his agent, like, I don't know if that's going to go over that well. But it's Archie Manning, football royalty. Peyton Manning's already in the league doing his thing. Number one pick. Like, yeah, he he pulled that string. I don't think Eli, I don't think Eli pulled that string. It's still a dirtbag move no matter who did it or yeah, that's, you know, how that's it got done. Wanted, yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to get your thoughts on whether that was yeah. also like in a dirtbag department. It's a dirtbag move. But again, there are ways to handle things because a lot of stuff that happens it goes on behind the scenes the public is never made aware of what's going on shit just happens in our eyes but there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes before shit actually happens it's just the fact that james harden couldn't figure out a way to get to ownership and say hey let me up out of here now deshaun watson i think he probably went to ownership quietly and they told him you're a nigger uh and we just paid you shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down and then you know Deshaun had to start doing his thing, but you know, I don't think I just don't see Houston as being like the type of uh, ownership where they're telling Harden like, "Nah, we're not going to trade you under you know under any circumstance." But I might be wrong, you know. But history, like everything about James Harden, shows me that he's not a professional. Like he's not a true professional. There's certain things that you can do as a star player, but nah, man. Houston did do that, though. Harden asked for the trade and they gave him a contract. They offered the contract extension and he turned down the contract extension like, no, I don't want to extend. But it was it was already it was out. Already, it was already public. His 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 demand for a trade was already public. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you knew we knew that they offered him a contract extension when he wanted a trade because we already knew he wanted a trade. It was already out there. It wasn't like, oh, man, uh, Houston Rockets offered James Harden a two year extension for 50 mil or whatever, 60 million. And he just turned it down. It was like, no, he turned it down because he didn't want to be there. And he already told you he didn't want to be there. And we all know that he doesn't want to be there. So it wasn't like it was like <laughs> private and all of a sudden, you know. So I, again, I just look, this is this is <laughs> that'll get Uban going. Say, man, Scotty Pippen asked for a trade, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, he's a Robin. Scotty was Robin, you know. Um, oh, shit. But it is what it is, man. You know, I'm all for player empowerment, but, you know, I just think there's. There's ways that you can handle it. Um, and I just don't think James Harden handled it the right way. But he, he got where he got, though. So, you know, hopefully they can they can battle their way out of the East. You know, I root against them every game. But um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> What's up, folks? We appreciate y'all tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter at 2Ps and a Bong. That is the number 2, W-O-P-E-E-Z-A-N-D-A-B-O-N-G, 2Ps and a Bong. You can catch our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. And we're now on the One United Radio Network. You can find that at oneunitedradio.com. Again, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. We'll catch you on the next one.